Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Self-Love Club, where boss women share their stories to empower others. Welcome to the Self-Love Club podcast. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of the Self Love Club. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you are new, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us. There is a backlog of interviews with some incredible women for you to catch up on. We rely heavily on your support and there are some easy ways you can do that. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Self Love Club on whatever podcast app you like listening on. We're on all of them. Also, you can follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. You get daily self-care, self-love notes, IGTV, clips of interviews, inside scoops, heaps of goodness. And it's really cool to see where you're listening. Keep tagging us in your stories. Another way, if you're really enjoying it, is telling a friend about it. Sharing with your pals is super helpful. And we do thank you for all of your support. Right, let's get into this week's episode. This week on the show, we have Ali Haynes, a.k.a. Loving Ali's Belly. Ali has amassed a substantial social media following by being herself, first going viral with her hilarious videos. A right hoot, Ali makes her adoring fans laugh a lot with her pranks, down-to-earth nature and her messages of self-love. In this episode, we find out a lot about Ali, the things perhaps you didn't know from the gram. We have a lot of laughs, naturally, but also dig deep and talk about her experience in an abusive relationship, learning to love herself and her body, as well as having a really good discussion about influencer and online culture and what's really going down from our point of view. As this episode mentions abuse, not in graphic detail, it may be triggering for some listeners. I put information of places to get help in the show notes. We're so lucky to have Ali on the Self Love Club podcast. This is pretty exciting. It's going to be a bit of a hoot, I can tell. We've got Ali loving Ali's belly on the Self Love Club. I feel like when we go to call you Ali, I'm like, what's your name? You've got two names, mate. I know. <laughs> I know. It's actually funny when people, if they come up to me in the mall or on the street or something, they're like, loving Ali's belly. And I always get a bit taken back. I'm like, it's Ali, but then. No one really knows me as just Ellie. Yeah. We'll talk through all of that soon, but take us back. Where did you grow up? And growing up, did you know what you wanted to do? Okay. Well, I grew up um, in Christchurch. I'm a Christchurch girl in a small little town called Brooklyn's, which is kind of out in the country. God, what did I want to be? I've actually always, I'm a Gemini, so I'm a little bit crazy when it comes to decisions <laughs> and knowing what I want to do with my life. I've never really known what I've wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be something that was an entertainer though, massively. I used to always do dancing and little acting skits and stuff for my parents all the time. So something in that direction, but I don't know how I was going to become an, an America and become on TV and movies. <laughs> we're always cracking people up. I know we're all very humble in New Zealand, but we're always making people <laughs> laugh. Is that something you really enjoy doing? Yeah, I've always been a bit of a show pony in <laughs> school, especially I was always known as the bubbly but too chatty girl. 
didn't get good grades, but made good friends and good memories and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So talk us through what did you do when you left school and did you know, you know, what you were going to end up doing? Well, I left in the first term of year 13 and then I actually went and studied beauty therapy, um, which was a really random direction to go because it just came out of nowhere. Kind of wanted to be a beauty school dropout. So I went and studied for a year um, and then... When that finished, I got my qualification there and then we have a family business and um, dad wanted me to go and work there over the school holidays and I just never left. So I've worked there nonstop um, for, I think it's been like eight years and just stayed working doing marketing for the family business and didn't really get to chase like being an actor or a beauty therapist. (laughs) But you still managed to find your way on the side of doing that, which I think is so cool. You know, you still got to do it in one way or the other. So talk us through that. Like, When did you start uploading content you know it's funny how we call it content these days like back in the day I was just like oh I just post some photos and maybe the occasional video and it's like when did you start posting content like how did that how did that all start with your social media I guess it kind of started twice so years ago I was with an ex of mine like a double ex and um I started a page called losing Ali's belly and I had a really unhealthy habit with trying to be healthy if that makes sense so I was so obsessed with losing weight. All I was sharing was like healthy recipes and stuff, which all of that is all good. But I was just, I was very addicted to losing weight and I went about it the complete wrong way. Um, And all I would share was me working out for like three, four hours a day and just eating. I know it's like, and then I look at me now, I'm like, I can't believe I used to do that. Mm. (laughs) But he saw that I had probably a bad addiction to me being so obsessed with being skinny. I guess. Mm. Um, And he was like, I need you to stop the page. And at this point, it was just a blog platform. It wasn't on Facebook or Instagram. So I was kind of like, okay, fine. Like he has got a good point. So I stopped the page and then he bloody dumped me. (laughs) First time I'd been dumped and I was like, what the fuck? Okay. It's like, okay, you you care about me a little bit, but then you obviously don't care about me that much because you've dumped me. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Like literally just dumped me. And I like, I, I was so miserable. So I was like, oh, stuff you. I'm going to go traveling. And I booked a Kentucky. And just before my Kentucky, I started the page again. And again, it was losing Ali's belly. It wasn't loving at that point. Um, Went on the Kentucky and shared some ruthless stories on just like what happens on Kentucky and all of that. (laughs) And then I went to, um, have you ever seen Embrace? No, I need to check that out. Yeah, it's it's one of the most amazing documentaries ever. And it just talks about all different women um, sharing their lives of self-love and how they've led body positivity and their insecurities really impact their lives and I went to the launch of that event and got to meet the lady that done the documentary and she was like what do you do and I said oh I've got a blog where I just share like how to lose weight and I felt like such a dick saying that and she was like have you ever looked into who your audience is and I jumped in the car with my mum and my sister-in-law and it was all women and quite young And I realized that I was just like giving into society's, I guess, pressure of making people be this perfect image, which there is no perfect image. Mm. And that's when I then woke up the next day and changed it to loving Ali's belly. We'll go through all that. But when you were doing losing Ali's belly, did you gather a bit of an audience doing that? Yeah, it started off just being like close friends and family and a little bit of a wider audience when I first went back to the second part of losing Ali's belly, Mm. it was Facebook. And there was a bit of an audience, but as soon as I done my Kentucky, because I'm obviously IBS and 
everything. <laughs> there were, I ate a lot of pasta and pizza and I crapped my pants on Kentucky <laughs> and I shared, <laughs> I shared the post about shitting yourself on my page and then that's when it kind of skyrocketed right. too yeah isn't that it interesting because I'm always just fascinated about like that moment like what made it happen you know like what was the post and that's so wild because I feel like in life we're yeah. constantly trying to be like oh my god look at me I'm like perfect pretty like posting mm-hmm. something so relatable like people shit mm-hmm. themselves I have shat myself and, the, and they're the fun- <laughs> and they're the funniest stories but we're not really here to talk about me but I could tell you the story no, but anytime I hear someone shit themselves story, I just find it so good. So I think yeah. it's happened a couple of times to me. I don't have IBS, but I am, um, and I'm dairy intolerant and I have a very yeah. sensitive stomach and, um, yeah. so the coffee, sometimes the coffee can do it. And I love oh, coffee. Yeah. Go straight, straight buddy, through. through. Um, You've got to get to the toilet quick. But there's been a couple of times where I've like, I think oh. once where I just farted and then shat yeah. myself. If you clean, and I was out for, I was out for a bloody walk at the beach and I had to go to the little public oh. toilet. Not. Scoop it out. No, but the one time that I well and truly shat myself, I think I talked about this on a radio show back in the day, which is disgusting, but yeah. whatever. It happens. No, it's not. Everyone people, shits themselves. I had had too much vitamin C. I was like doing this thing where like, I don't know, my naturopath is like, have all this vitamin C. And I took too much oh, and no. it can make you shit yourself. Anyway, I was in the <laughs> kitchen making some breakfast on the weekend and I had no undies on underneath my little um jammy shorts. Anyway, okay. I think I farted and it was like liquid just went down my legs on the floor. This is disgusting. I won't go into too many details. Anyway, I quickly ran to the shower, cleaned myself up, came out and I was like, shit, there's little splatters. I better like clean the floor. Yeah. And then I was feeling fine. So I was actually living in the mount at this time. So I was like, I feel fine now. So I'm going to go for a walk up the mount. I came home. I was living with one of my best friends and I was like, oh my God, mate, you're not going to believe what happened. And she's like did you shit yourself and I was like how did you know she was like well there was a little splatter on the kitchen floor you must have missed and we thought it was the cat but the cat was asleep so it must have been you I was gonna say can you just blame it on a cat ah no I just owned up it was like close enough to them I was like we've got nothing to hide you know I can say most uh episodes on this podcast and we don't talk about shitting stories so hey look that was uh, oh that, look hey like, I bet there's people nodding your head being like girl I've shat my pants too we've yeah. all done it I almost crapped in my my lunchbox recently <laughs> or driving home I was that bad like I honestly was like I'm not gonna make it I was resourceful and, though oh, resourceful oh and I looked over so my Kmart lunchbox and it's great it's um waterproof too and I was like this is perfect and I just sat on it and I was like this is gonna be it so semantics but, were you driving and you were, were you gonna pull over and sit on it like what was the situation no I was I was that busting to get home that I was like just if I don't if my bumhole unclenches <laughs> just in case we've got a little bit of layer of protection because you can feel like you're like oh we, we got a situation we've got a turtle oh here on, on its way <laughs> and my fear is I'll always get pulled over by the police because I always tend to go a little bit speedier <laughs> when you've got to get home and I just won't pull over Oh, just, but I'm sorry. Uh, no, if they pull you over, chill. you'd be like, hey, mate, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to come clean because, like, this is yeah. this thing isn't. Um, I'm yeah, trying to get like, home because I shat in my lunchbox. Are you heavy? Like, they're just like, me home. You can a ticket there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, um, going back to what you were sharing, you were just sharing something 
so relatable that people don't really talk about, but then that's what people want to hear. Isn't that interesting? It's like we think this society wants to see the pretty photos, the pretty dresses and going on holidays. Yeah. So it's interesting. It really fascinates me with with what goes off. And now you're just a bloody, you're a bloody hoot, Ali, honestly. You crack me up so much. You crack all of us up. I do have fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was how you started it. But then how did it become more of a thing ongoing? Did you just keep sharing? content or was it going in a certain direction I mean I guess over the what is it I think it's been six years there's been a lot of weird moments that have sort of happened um and like I guess a lot of highs and lows where sometimes I'm like this is amazing like this is going to be a very weird new career that Mm -hmm. could happen like what the heck creating content for other businesses and selling your product just didn't really feel natural to me at the time but I was like how cool you know, I can use my creativity and I love marketing. I mean, that's what I do for a job too. But then there's been times that it's sort of been like, this is really, it can be hard to share all aspects of your life in the real parts of life. Mm. Because I've always tried to stay true to myself of being like sharing relatable content and just being me, which absolute fruit loop. There's a lot of stuff that happens in my life. I've had a lot of things happen that I've shared throughout my page. And sometimes it can be hard with what can come with that. Mm. But I've sort of just stuck with being true to who I am. Had my little moments where I've slipped out of that, which happens because you can get caught up in this whole like influencer, I guess, mindset. But I've I've got a really good crowd of people around me that just pull me back in and go, you weren't really being you. Or my brother at one point was like, this isn't you. Mm. You need to, like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, who am I being? Like, Mm. I'm Hanainzi. I ain't this, like, I ain't this perfect life person. So I stayed true to who I am. And then it's kind of just, yeah, evolved like that slowly. But I always say good things take time. Yeah, totally. I agree. And Mm. isn't it interesting how, like, just by being yourself, that's what people want. Like, you don't have to conform to being this idea. I know the word influencer does get a bit of a bad rack. There's different types of people online, really, like, everyone's doing different things but people talk about influences there's a lot of negative connotations around aspects of it yeah also stereotypes like not all influences are doing that sort of thing it's very it's a quickly changing um industry but like yeah. when did that start becoming something you were, were working in that field obviously once your following grew and then people brands would have wanted to work with you right um I think one of my um when it first sort of made me be like whoa okay this is kind of going towards a I guess the road of where I'm promoting products was when Eamon reached out. And that's why I I really do love working with them because I know now I only do it on Instagram. I used to be huge on doing it on Facebook, but then Facebook just freaked me the fuck out. And people on Facebook are ruthless. That's savage. It's a different world. It's like way more. Oh. Yeah. It's like a whole bunch of old Karens just and like really weird people. Absolutely. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> there is so many Karens and so many just psycho men as well that Mm. are so fat phobic. Every time I would post something that was to do with body positivity or something, did I get slammed? I got called a pig. I got called, oh, honestly, like so many things. Like a fat pig. I got told that I look like I've been ran over by a truck (gasps) on my ass. But my my gut looks like a big bear gut. I'm just just like, what the fuck? Honestly, people. That's so horrible. Does that still happen or is that sort of lessened off over time? I think that's why I like Instagram because you kind of can have a bit more control on your platform. So if someone says something niggy, I just either will delete the comment 
depending on the comment mm. or I just block them. Yeah, fair enough. Just, yeah. yeah, and you've got more control of where your posts go. But Facebook, man, that was, it's a ruthless platform, Facebook. And I, yeah, and it, I also think that sometimes your vibe attracts your tribe. And I know it sounds kind of a bit weird, but it's true. Like if you're giving off the kind of, I mean, obviously that's not to say that if people troll you, that's your fault. But what I yeah, mean is yeah. you're generally attracting like-minded people anyway that are sweet and love you and that would, you know, like most people aren't going to do it. And then there might be the odd person that's not even following you or a troll like yeah. fake account. And it's like, oh, what the hell? Like what's wrong with you? Like, Yeah, it got really bad um, and that's why I moved over to Instagram because I don't know if you remember when there was that video of the two cute little chubby babies on the shaky exercise machine. Did yeah, you remember I think seeing- I remember Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that um started because I'd done it. I'd done a video of me in a tracksuit eating KFC on an exercise machine, just fully taking the piss. And then um this lovely lady sent through her nephews on the machine and we shared it and I woke up and I had 15,000 more followers on Facebook wow. overnight. Oh. What the fuck? And the video just went completely viral like yeah. it went so Alan DeGeneres shared it it just wow. went huge and we were like oh my gosh what the heck like this I started not being able to manage how viral it was getting and I realized that it was these two young boys I can't stop that video now on Facebook because mm. it's already so fast spread around but that's where my Facebook following just skyrocketed it went up about 50,000 in a week oh. it gathered the wrong audience it gathered yeah. people that weren't for the original post that I was doing. So then I tried to do what I would still be posting. And then it just, that's when I just started getting slaughtered, like every single post. And I was like, Facebook, I'm going to Instagram. Yeah. How, like, when you get those kinds of comments, and I, I mean, you know, we all are human. Does that stuff, like, how does that make you feel when someone said that? Because I'm sure as women and with our bodies, you've probably thought horrible things about yourself as well. So how does, like, that yeah. make you feel? Shit. <laughs> and I've always wondered how, like, a lot of people can say, it's fine, like, I've got thick skin. But I think because I battled for so many years with my weight and my mentality towards how much I hated my body, I really struggled hearing it even though the people that were sending it were all fake or like no profile pictures or a cartoon Old picture. Old men or something. Yeah, it was always a lot of men. I only really had a couple of women, but it was always men. And I was like, I'm just not sexy and I'm just not attracted to people. And it did start to get to me. But um, I was with Brett when this started happening and he's just the perfect sidekick for that stuff. Like snaps me out of it, reassures me and kind of puts my head back into a, a good space. But it does me show up. Yeah. Because talk us through your own like learning to love your body and whether it's negative self-talk. Like is that something you've battled with on and off? Talk us through yeah. that. I've done a talk like just before lockdown about where I think myself love went wrong and I think it was my first ever relationship when I was younger and he was a few years older than me and he just complete he used to cheat on me all the time it was always with smaller girls as well and I took that as me being fat and ugly and that I wasn't, I guess, attractive enough to him. Mm. And I would start comparing myself to these girls that he was sleeping with. And I think that's when it really started to mess me up. And I just went in a like a yeah, downward spiral of self-love then. And I started thinking that my worth was valued by what the opinion of a other man's actions were. And wow, I, th- yeah. I think it started from, yeah, so really young. Yeah, that's horrible. Isn't it interesting yeah. how an experience like that can really affect you? And yeah, I think relationships 
relationships as well can be huge triggers in, in someone cheating. I actually listened to something recently where it was saying that cheating is like, cause it's not never about you. Like they're not cheating on yeah. you because they don't like you or whatever. And maybe you, yeah, maybe they're a bit over it or whatever, but usually yeah. it's about them. And that is what the psychologist was saying. They think they're uh, like a loser. So they go and do that to validate that behavior, which ends the relationship because they're just trying to like get out of it. Cause they know that you're too good for them. That's what they were saying yeah. about some people who cheat, which I found quite interesting, but God, when yeah. you're, when you're in that situation, you ain't going down yeah. that psychology route. You're like, you think I'm not good enough like I'm ugly they're skinnier they're prettier than me like yeah that's shit oh yeah and I used to just get like little comments at primary school that would stick in my head like I remember there was a group of us sitting around in the back of the school field as you do and it would be like one of the girls asked the guys put together your perfect girl and he was like oh I'd have this girl's boobs and that girl's legs and that girl's body Ellie I'd just have her personality and I remember all these little comments where I was like okay so I'm the fat but funny girl And that stuff starts when kids are at school, you know, this stuff starts early on and that's damaging. Yeah, totally. And I found something that in America, self-love is damaging and girls that are as little as like eight and nine years old now, because you can't escape it. It's literally Mm. like this false perception of perfectness. Yeah. Because a lot of us, I mean, you know, even social media has changed so much. Like growing up um, for a lot of us, we, yeah, there was the starts of social media or whatever, but like we had magazines and billboards and then like movies and then a little bit of uh, social media started coming in at certain stages of our, I guess, like teens or like, you know, twenties or whatever, but kids now, like they've got phones, they got Instagram, they got all the filters they can there's even like the story filters nowadays like where you can make yourself look like even on tiktok i see it where they can do you scroll through tiktok and i'm like how the fuck is every single girl in here drop dead gorgeous and they're like seven what are they doing on their phones Mm. and how do they look this perfect but they can completely enhance every single feature on their face smooth every part of their skin just to do a tiktok video people are sitting there watching that and thinking i've got a pimple that's ugly yeah you know i've got small lips I need to go and get bigger lips or it's really sad and I think we've kind of skipped that stage of how bad social media really is growing up we were lucky yeah it it was different even back then it was not about like editing photos like you would just literally get your camera and you just dump all the photos from your camera you would you know into an album you wouldn't go through and edit them there was no such thing as a filter and then it's when Instagram came about and Instagram was real cool at the beginning because it was like oh I can add a border or like make my the different color lighting or filter to my photo and it's just blown up out of control now I don't think we can fix it this is just the world we live in it's sad and that's why I try really hard to keep sharing just life in general and I received the most sweetest message a couple of days ago from a mum who shared my page with her daughter who was 12 or 13 and battling with really bad body like self-love she said she's been battling with her for years to just accept herself and love herself I think she's about six foot two so she's feeling that she's too tall and all of that and um, they went shopping and she wanted to get her daughter a dress and the daughter came out and said I feel like Ellie with the biggest smile on her face and I just when I was reading the message I burst into tears in the car with Brett and I said this is why I like doing what I do because if I can just help some people just feel better and just being who we are then job done fuck Mm. yes mission Mm. complete yeah like just doing things like not editing photos or being yourself um because i think on social media people are seeing stuff like i love seeing pretty photos like people dressed up and looking i love that but it's cool just to see real because then it's like you see that 
And then it's like real life and you're like, oh, my skin doesn't look like that or like, you know, and then yeah. Yeah, it's just creating two different lives. Yeah. And even sharing like, I guess, sharing some stories online that aren't normally out there. I remember when I shared about my past relationship that was abusive and I hadn't really seen many people my age speak out about, I guess, how volatile some relationships can be. And even now, I still get messages from people that are going through that, sadly now, and they feel that they can talk to me, but they haven't spoke to any of their friends or family. And I'm their person to talk to, to try and get advice. And that stuff, I mean, it weighs heavy on my heart because I can't really do much. But knowing that at least I've created a safe platform for them to reach out to someone is like really rewarding. And it's a nice feeling knowing that I'm helping in some way, just be yeah. a friend to them. Yeah, and it is hard talking about those things, especially because it's very personal. And then we don't have to talk mm. about it. But if you are if you are comfortable enough, we could talk yeah. about that. And um, if you want, but like honestly, there's no pressure. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm absolutely fine to talk about it because I'm big on talking about things once you've healed from them. Because every time I talk about it, I know that I'll potentially be helping someone or make someone feel less alone. So. I'm totally fine to talk okay. about it. So talk us through yeah. that relationship because I know that it was very bad and very violent and hard for you. Yeah. Um. So I was with him for just under a year. So it was like, I think it was only about eight months. Met him on Tinder, which totally catfished me as well. He looked so much better in his pictures. And then I remember when I saw him at when we went on our first date, I was like, what the fuck? Like double looking at the picture being like, this isn't really him, but I'm a real saver. It's kind of, it's like a good thing and a bad thing about me. I like to save people. Mm. And the first time we met, he instantly dumped on me all his battles with depression, self-harm, drinking, drug abuse, abuse. Like he told me he had previously abused his previous partner on our first date and I didn't see the red, the alarm bells. I just wanted to help him. And I believed that he, cause he was like, I'm a changed person and all of that stuff as they do. Mm. And I was like, no, I really like that. He's opening up about this. And yeah, then I just fell head over heels for him super fast. And I just instantly got trapped. And then he never spoke bad verbally to me. And I think that's where it, it kind of screws me up a bit because it was probably about yeah seven months into our relationship. And the night before we were going to move in together that we were out on our work doing. And that's when he just laid his hands on me for the first time because I saw him in a bar with another girl on my work do. And it was such a very frightening, weird moment to experience. But I thought, he was just drunk. He's sorry. It won't happen again. And then we obviously moved in with each other. And then it repeated probably about three or four times after that. And it just got very controlling. Was he hurting you? Yeah. Yeah. But only physically and mentally. He never verbally called me bad things or made me feel like a bad person. He was always really apologetic doing the quote marks, apologetic after mm. and that. So it was a real, I guess, head fuck to get my head around that. We went to counselling together. Yeah. Was he saying was, anything while he was doing it or was he just sort of doing it? Just doing it. It was always, apparently it came just from rage to anger. And then afterwards, what would he say to you? He's just really sorry. He, he was drinking. I wouldn't do that again. I'll get help. All of that. And then mm. we went to a counsellor and this is where it sort of threw me out. And he and the counsellor was like, I'm a sex addict. It just in front of me with the counsellor. And I was like, what do you mean? And then the only reason I left him, which is one of the things that still makes me think is really hard to admit, I think, but... I only left him because I found out he cheated. I didn't leave because he was abusive, mm. which is sad. 
But you can't because I understand what you mean, but you can't beat yourself up about that. But I do understand what you mean because it's like we need to know our worth and there's sometimes in our lives we didn't know our worth and that's something that's not our fault. We had to learn that and it sucks, doesn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to, again, be a savior and help him. Like I've always liked to be the person to make people laugh. And I think I just put myself way below and put him Mm. way above. Yeah. I was moving into a flat with him and my best friend and a girl messaged me, which was so silly of him to cheat on someone that had quite a good online platform, especially in Christchurch. Yeah. Because the girl messaged me and said, yeah, I was like, how stupid. And she said, I've, I need to be honest. I've just seen that you've posted about this guy and I've been sleeping with him. Oh, my God. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay. And then I was like, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm out. And then they just all, there was probably about six different girls that came forward after I shared him cheating online because I knew if I just shared it, I wouldn't go back. Right. Yeah. You know how if you tell someone something, you know that it kind of puts that barricade up of you going back to someone if you're just honest about how they really are. Yeah, the girls just started coming forward and I was like, jeepers, he was dipping his stick into a lot of honey. <laughs> oh, dear. God. How did you heal yourself and overcome that abuse, though? That's horrible what you went through. Um, so finally told my family, which was, yeah, a really hard thing to do. And because they're my absolute world, my family, they're my bestie. That was really hard telling them. But the next day, me and my sister went and got a protection order um, at the police station. And then my dad delivered it to his work. Dad really wanted to just become face to face with him. And he was very stern with his words. And he used to work in a restaurant. And dad just said it out loud in the restaurant and said, you've laid your hands on my daughter and handed over the restraining order thing and then just had a few words and then dad got kicked out. <laughs> um, he said it was the hardest thing to do. He wanted to obviously annihilate him, but Make he did spectacle, yeah. Did you ever hear from him again and, and how were you feeling? Like, did it take you a while to feel better? Because I can imagine you would have felt pretty upset. Yeah, I felt confused because I still felt bad for him. And I I felt and I believed that he didn't mean to do what he had done. And I think that's still something that I battle with now. And I talked to Brett openly about it. I'm like, I don't think he meant to do it. And Brett's like, Ellie, you were with him for eight months. If he'd done it that earlier on, you never know what would have happened if you had stayed in that. And I need to wake up and realize that it's never okay. But it is hard when you are such a caring person you want to believe that they didn't mean to, if that makes sense. I mean, I'm a massive talker, so I just spoke about it heaps to my friends and family, which was really good that I had open space to talk and get my feelings out. Um, I still communicated with him. I remember when I had to tell my family and I was messaging him saying, my family now know I'm so sorry. And he was going, why are you doing this to me? And if I'm not here tomorrow, you're the reason why. And it's a lot of awful messages that made me feel like he was going to take his life and I would be the blame. So then I would feel more bad. Oh, wow. It was just an absolute Yeah. So then after that situation, did you find it hard to be in a position where you were open to dating? And like, was that, I mean, obviously your partner now is so cool and he's crack up as as well you got your guys chemistry and banter is funny but was that was that a hard process for you to trust someone because I know that you believe in the good in people but were you scared yeah I think I mean I actually met Brett quite soon after my ex I I then went back on tinder I moved into a flat with my two best friends I think I reacted initially in the wrong way of about just wanting to drink and 
I think I became a bit promiscuous because I just lost all respect for myself, I think. And I was like, you know how we tend to do that. And I think it's totally okay to do that if it's Mm. done safely. But I just had to, I guess, let a lot of steam out of my system and a lot of emotion and drink a lot, which was really bad. But a lot of fun at the same time because I'd done it safely and I always had my besties around. Yeah. But yeah, I met Brett on Tinder and he obviously lived in Queenstown. So we didn't meet face to face. We just spoke all the time on Tinder. I was a bit of a bitch to him at the start. Treat him <laughs> mean, guy. girlfriend. Treat him mean. Yeah, I know. I was yeah, I was a bit blunt. I was a bit of a bitch. Um, I was a bit confusing to him, I think. I was all over the show, but he was so persistent. Um, spoke on the phone every night and then I just told him everything that I'd been through and he just wow. listened. And I hadn't had someone care for me. I'd always been caring for someone. And I was like, this is a nice transition. Like normally I'm constantly trying to heal someone but all of a sudden I've got someone healing me and then he came to Christchurch to meet and I was shitting myself I was like this guy's fake he's so hot he can't be real like no way and then yeah he arrived at four o'clock in the morning and I was absolutely hammered I truly didn't think he was going to turn up and I was like oh my gosh he just texted and he said he's 10 minutes away so my friend Max was like you need to get in the shower you look disgusting come on we've got to spruce you up so I got dressed put on like a little skirt and a top and I was acted like I was how's an early arrival that's so New Zealand he's driven up he's gotten there at 4am like god how New Zealand hey like he could have gotten more le- he could have got there at a bit more of a leisurely hour you know gosh no he drove from like is it Cust or Goa Wait, really? I always get them deep south. So yeah, somewhere had, deep. So had you been out on a night out, and you. <laughs> <laughs> It was my best friend's birthday. <laughs> I was like, turn up. And then he turned up and I was like, oh my shit. Okay, like, I shouldn't have had Here all I am in the night. Like, it's not really the time to meet people, you know. Should we be really going to my bed? But anyway. Yeah. And I was like, hi. And then we like had a quick peck straight away. And I was like, that felt comfortable. That was weird. Yeah. Like, I've been talking for just over a month, but all of a sudden I've just met you and we're all good. And then all of a sudden I was like, <laughs> he came in and he was like, I'm really tired I said okay let's go to bed and it's just been from then on so um, was it quite smooth sailing for you guys like no like you know how sometimes it's like people find relationships like the start of it can be a bit like I don't know what's happening but you guys just hit it off yeah, we hit it off. There was like a few bumps in the on the ride at the start because I had, that's why I think I was a bit of a bitch and confusing to him because when I first started talking to Brett, I had the guy that I'd loved for years, like we're talking a good six years, finally tell me that he loved me. Aww. And I was like, out of all the freaking times, you decide to tell me this now. Like I've been chasing this boy for a long time. And um, then when me and Brett became... I think like official, like when we're like, okay, we're boyfriend, girlfriend. I kissed this other guy and I was like, oh my gosh, I've just screwed it up. Like there's something really good in Brett. And my parents knew instantly from meeting Brett that I had a good one. And my dad was like, don't you fuck this up. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, me? He's a good one. We like this one. Yeah. Isn't it classic um, though, people doing that? Like I bet the other guy was only doing that. You like um, the hills, right? Oh, absolutely. LC would always say that. There was like memes that were made with it. It was like, they just know, they know when you're moving on and then they freaking turn up. So I bet that guy 
was just yeah. doing that because he knew that you were, he like picked up on the fact that you were moving on. He's like, oh, quick, I better like get in there. And then, because if that hadn't happened, he wouldn't have done that. No, 100%. Like you, what, you're talking six years and then you finally Come tell on, me and he said, I bet you I'll have to sit at your wedding day full of regret. That's what this guy oh, said. With, Come it's like, on. You've had six years, mate. Like TikTok, you had your bloody time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But I told I told Brett that after a few months I was shitting myself, but that was our probably our only hiccup. And I always knew that if I wanted to marry someone, I wouldn't go into it with secrets. And I was like, I'm sorry, I did. Yeah, we've just been smooth sailing and he's the best thing ever. Yeah, he's super cool. I love, love when you wind him up, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's quite a grumpy old thing, so well, I like winding him up. He says some pretty funny things, though. Like He does, like, dad reactions. Grumpy dad, I call him. <laughs> Yeah. So that's all going really well. And um, you you talked briefly, I thought we'd touch on it. We don't have to go fully into it. The social media stuff and you didn't really like a lot of aspects of it. Talk us through that and what you do like doing and what, you know, what you really enjoy doing and what the stuff that you just, it's not really your vibe. I think specifically at the moment, there's quite a lot of hate towards the whole influencer culture and obviously that is a part-time job of mine I am an influencer and I always get a bit like my butthole puckers whenever I say influencer because I'm so scared at how people are going to react to that there's such a negative viewpoint on it Mm. so at the moment I just find there's so much there's so much fighting and hate and everything online at the moment that it can be a bit daunting Mm. to keep being online and sort of being tied in as being named as an influencer when there's so much negativity about it. Have you seen like a lot of that? Yeah, no, I notice that. And I think I am all about realness. And if people are real, then I'm like, because I can just sniff it out. And I think you, Ellie, you're so real. And the way you're actually really smart in how you do it, you know what you're doing. You're actually creating proper content and then, of course, like, if brands want to work with you, that needs to be a monetized thing. Otherwise, you're making their yeah. money. But then there's some people, and I'm not having, like, digs or anything. I've worked in commercial yeah. radio for 12 years, so I know how working with brands works. It's something we've done in, yeah. in radio for a long time. But I think some people are just a bit dumb at how to do it, and they just don't yeah. quite do it right. And, it, and I think people are getting over people being a bit... Not authentic. Not authentic. And it's like, it's all good, hun, if you want to do this. But I think if they're not really offering anything or, and it's not like people have to offer people stuff, but if it's just a self-serving thing, some people yeah. are into that thing and, and that's all good. But for a lot of us, we're not into that. Like, I, you know, so no. I think, yes, you're right. I think worldwide um, there is a lot of a negative connotation on uh, influencers. And I've got a lot of friends that are in Australia and girls have had on the podcast that are influencers. But, you know, yeah. there's, there's great things they're doing and they've, you know, they've got their own little businesses and things they've done or they've gone through things like you have. You know, they've got lived experience yeah. and they're trying to help other people through. So, yeah, I've definitely yeah. noticed even in New Zealand there's been a lot of um, bitching and drama. I don't follow I know. I don't follow all that stuff but I'm aware of it going on. I think a lot of people like especially over lockdown thrived over the entertainment of the drama I would often get messages from people asking for my opinion on certain Mm. things or certain people and I've never brought into it because I just don't want to, I mean everyone's entitled to their opinions and obviously drama, we all love a bit of drums Mm. but I don't want to get involved in it because like to be honest we don't know influencers really we just see small snippets of their life so to make judgments on people for little parts that they share 
it isn't really our place, I feel, unless yeah. I've done something yeah. actually ultra wrong. Like either illegal or like, yeah. you know, like morally wrong. Totally. Mm. I noticed um, heaps, like obviously New Zealand has gone through some traumatic stuff, major things that have happened in tiny old New Zealand. I also found that to be quite a difficult time to use my platform to raise awareness on certain topics that were happening and share things to make sure it was the correct information. And that that was quite difficult because I still wanted to be a bit of a light on people's page and share some fun and happiness to kind of break up the dark days that we've experienced. Mm. But then to some people that was viewed as me not caring or me not using my platform. I'm not a news reporter. I don't know the facts. And then I'm getting asked to share facts and I'm not educated on it. There's a lot of responsibility and so many moving parts in this, but you're right. There's so many things and it's like people were losing their jobs and there's nasty shit going on. And you know, and some people didn't really reflect that in their life or whatever. But I think you just got to be mindful of what's going on in the world. And then like with me, when I do content or stuff with the podcast, I just make sure I read the room and be like, oh, I don't really feel comfortable doing that content this week. Can we maybe do it the next week or something, you know, like that? A hundred percent. And that's why I think it's really good to choose, you know, as influencers, what brands you work with. Because right after the horrible moth shooting that we had here, I had a sponsored post that was due to go up a week after that. And I was like, there's no way I am posting this right now. Not the right time. It's not on my mind. There's way bigger issues. And I just messaged them. I said, don't feel comfortable. Can we address this at a later date? And they were so understanding. And it made me feel, I was like, shit, this is a job, but I, I just don't want to do it. Yeah, there has been a lot of times that I've really struggled with, but I think a lot of people did use their platform for really good things and yeah. raised amazing awareness. And we all bunched together as a good a good tribe and got the word out there of useful things. So yeah, it was an interesting time, but taught us all a lot, I think. Yeah, I just, yeah, just being a good person is the main thing and then like doing what you can. But also I think as well, another sort of part of this area is that all of a sudden influencers have become advertisers and there's nothing wrong with advertising like say for example some massive clients got a radio ad but there's this big horrible event happening sometimes and they will pull their advertising but sometimes they won't so all the hate gets directed at a person instead of a company or a brand a big shift they've just become the advertisers they've become a billboard they have. every Tom Dick and Harry is an influencer mm. like it's so common now and it's kind of sad that I get a lot of young girls messaging me asking how to become an influencer. And I think, wow, like, is this a career that people are aiming to be? Like, it's yeah, they they are. Are to become something that they're not just mm. to, I guess, receive free things and get paid to promote products. And I think, oh, I just, I don't know how to ever respond to it. I always just say, you don't want to be one, huh? Nah. And to be <laughs> honest, if you get sent free shit and, you, and then they're like expecting you to post it and then you don't, then you're just like, you're like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not posting this $20 thing on my story. Like, sorry, mate, you can bloody pay me. Like I'm worth more than and this. It's like, and then there's also so much talk at the moment about PR companies. Like you get seen. I'm, I've been with a skincare brand for over a year. Yeah. I don't work with any other skincare, but I'll still get skincare sent to me every week. And you can't share it. No. And I, and I say to them, I, I like, I can't, what am I meant to do with all this product? There's only so much donating and giving away to friends that it becomes a complete waste. Like yeah. use your marketing in a better way. And it's, it's deep. I think there's going to be a huge shift in the whole influencer world. I'm just going to go off the flow and keep being me because there is a lot of amazing, fun parts to it. Like even being able to do things like this, you know, like share your story, 
and chat I think, with other like-minded people. And yeah. At the end of the day, I think, and this is a big thing, authenticity is like gets you through. So if you're an authentic person, yeah. like I feel like that leads you well and you'll have good opportunities. You're a good person. You attract good things. And yeah, like working with really good brands like you do. Yeah. Constant pressure to be online and we need to switch off and just take a step back from being online. Yeah. Like we're so obsessed with being online, but it just fucks with mental health. It is so bad for our mental health yeah. being online all the time. Are there sort of times where you have to switch off a little bit? Or I can't imagine the number of messages you get. Like I've recently, and I've kept them off, but I have my story replies turned off unless it's people that I follow. Because it just got to a point that I was spending on average about an hour and a half to two hours every night trying to respond. And of course, the messages I get are quite the ones that deserve a lot more time and energy mm. put into it. And I want to help a lot of these people. But I found that I was just, I wasn't being present in my current life, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's so much so work. Think, yeah. It is. And like, I like that part of it. And like I said earlier, I like being that friend to people. But I just had to protect my energy and my time as well and my mental health. And it, yeah, recently it's got to the point that even just having companies reach out, I'm finding too overwhelming. I do find that I need to just switch off and turn everything off and then I'll come back better than ever, often each time. But people can still message me. It's just not as easy to like respond yeah, yeah. to a story. Talk us yeah. through some of your self-care practices and ways that you have learned. Like that's part of, it sounds like that's a big part of your self-care. But talk us through the ways that you look after yourself. Well, now I've joined the F45 cult. Haven't you just? <laughs> You're getting up bright and early, a little early bird, aren't you? fitness is fuck right now. <laughs> I should add hashtag Fitspo you, to my I want, bio. Yeah, I want hashtags Fitspo on everything now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to start doing um, how-to vids with exercise videos. <laughs> I feel like I sound really cliche, but doing exercise has helped with my mental and physical health so much. And I've got a complete different mindset now. I'm not going to do this to lose weight and that I've always exercised to lose weight. Mm. I'm doing it to make me feel better. And it's insane the difference. Mm. Like I'm just putting on my gear. I'm just not worrying about what other people are doing because when you look around the room, everyone is just on their own journey. They're not even looking at you. And I just do my thing and Mm. I feel so good about it. I love home. I'm such an introverted extrovert. So just chilling at home is my biggest thing to just fuel my tank. Love it. Just doing nothing. 18 and just having cups of tea. Going on KFC shows. dates, you know. Yeah, picnics. We always love going and getting KFC picnics. <laughs> I could honestly smash a wiki ring right now. It'd be so good. <laughs> what is some advice that you would like to give to your younger self? Something you would like to tell younger Ellie? Because you've been through a lot and you've learned a lot. Probably the quote that I found the other day and it said, just because it's a bad day doesn't mean it's a bad life. And I felt like, hello, fucking you. That's just amazing, that mm. quote, because there's so many times when you look back at what you've gone through and experienced and you think you're a mess, you're in so much pain, you don't think how you're ever going to move through it or what the next, you can't think forward. And then I look back at it now and I think, oh my gosh, like I am strong. I can get through this. You know, there's so many things that happen in life that just happen, but it's all for a reason Mm. and it always connects to something new. So I wish I could tell my younger self that, that things do happen for a reason. And just because it's a bad day doesn't mean it's a bad life. I love that. And yeah. And what about advice? I mean, that's advice for us, but what would be some other advice 
you would like to share with women listening who, you know, look up to you and, you know, the girl that was like, I'm Ellie. Like, what advice would you like to share with those listening that they could take away? Two things. The first one would be to listen to the sunscreen song. (laughs) That's always my biggest piece of advice because the amount of advice that's in that song is just like, that hits deep. It is a good song (laughs) and it's so raw and inspiring. So listen to the sunscreen song, class of 89, I think it is, on YouTube. And then second thing is, is just wear the fucking bikini and have a good summer. Too many of us are so petrified of enjoying and doing things and saying yes to things because we are, we're holding ourselves back because we're worried about how we look or how we think people think we look when we're missing out on so many, so many amazing things. So just like summer, just wear your shorts or wear the skirt or don't wear your singlet, you know, just mm. embrace, live life and stop saying no because of your insecurities because yeah. no one is looking. When did you start really embracing that wearing what you wanted to wear and 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 being as confident as you seem to I was you've seemed real that's what I think it is you're real and you yeah and you do love yourself I think I'll always want to improve my health and comes with that is obviously my weight because I I am overweight but I don't see it as a, a bad thing it's something that I know I need to address but I'm happy. So it's not like a huge issue if that makes sense. But mine would probably be, like I grew up constantly watching my mum, who is a beautiful curvy woman on that mower. And she has always bashed herself. I grew up watching her not go to her friends' parties because she'd be in the mirror constantly ripping herself apart and just been like, no, I feel like I'm the fat friend. I just, I feel look disgusting. I want to hide my arms. I don't like my legs. And all this kind of negative talk, I grew up watching my mum do that. So then I think I done that. And then I just reached a point of being like, I am going to be a curvy person. Like I'm not destined to be this, this small figure framed girl. So why am I wasting my time worrying about what other people think when I actually am happy inside? But my unhappiness was just the thought of people thinking bad things about me, if that makes sense. Yeah, like I've no, always been totally does. Then. You got to a point where you were, you were just like, no, nah, that's it. I'm going to I'm gonna wear the bikini. I'm going to – because you're so beautiful. It's, again, I think good things take time. And if it means, you know, a lot of people wear T-shirts if they go to the beach and they'll swim in the T-shirts, for example, you could – change it from a t-shirt and go to a singlet. You know, you don't have to fully go and wear these tiny bikinis and think, yeah, self-love. If it's a Mm. small step and everyone has their own little goals, if you always wear long tights, for example, to the beach or whatever, Mm. try shorts and just try in little steps to build yourself up. And each time you do, you realize that no one actually is looking and it is all in our head. Yeah, Um, you're so right. That's what I've done. Yeah, that's such good advice. And the thing is, like, a lot of us yeah. growing up in New Zealand, we were the board short generation. Like, we remember we all wear board oh, shorts. Yeah, yeah. Planet eight. What the hell? What the hell are we wearing Planet Eights for, mate? They're meant for your brother. They're it's from Hel- Helen Stein's. You, you know, your brother, your mum got them for you from the boys' shop. Um, yeah, I remember when mum dragged me into Glassons to get me in girl clothes, and I was so pissed off. I was like, get me back in Hallies. Give me my T-shirt and my Planet Eights, my DCs, my big skater. <laughs> Oh my god! So good, Ali. Oh my god. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Ali. Honestly, we could chat for ages, but I don't want to hold you up too long. Thank you so thank much you for, for everything you're doing. It's so cool to make this happen. I've wanted to have you on for ages. When I first wanted to have you on, I used to travel, and so I'd be like, "Oh, wait till I go to Christchurch. I really want to see her in person." I just feel like it's a, it was always a bit of vibe. But this year, well, we've had to learn to do everything online. So I'm I like, know. I'm like, no, I can 
do that. It's fine. So, yeah. yeah. Look hey. at us go. Zoom in way. Oh, look <laughs> at us. Hey, no, thank you so much, Ali. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, keep doing what you're doing because it's just the best. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow on your go-to podcast app. If you're enjoying listening, feel free to leave us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, share with your friends, and you can follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Val Crawford and all the places you'll find us in the show notes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.